Hi there and welcome. Now it's time for America's favorite podcast. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fly, loose fit it. It's Cortez. If freeze and chubbies in it. It's Cortez. Leave your mark. It's about inspiring the world. One guess at a time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb. It's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez. This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Corey Mychek from Franklin, Tennessee. He experiences a death sentence just nine months after getting married to the love of his life, Chelsea. At age 32, he is diagnosed with metastinal B-cell lymphoma. The tumor is the size of a football above his heart, wrapping around his SVC artery, blocking blood flow. The oncologist gave him one week until a massive stroke and less than 30 days to live. Corey, thanks for being our guest here today. And hey, you too, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We're honored to be here. Super excited about today. Well, this, this is, uh, I mean, that's as epic as it gets there. I mean, a 12-pound tumor, it's like it's hard to believe your rib cage can hold something in it like that, that big. Right. But um, this is, this is uh, just miraculous recovery. So what I'd like to do is just get a quick background on your childhood, where you're originally from, uh, what your family life was like, and take me through like up through high school. Okay, yeah. So I was born in Anaheim, California, uh, right two miles from Disneyland. So I was able to watch the fireworks with my dad and um, really enjoy uh, the time there. My parents separated at the age of five. So from there, I had visitations with my dad and my mom during the week. And I had a really amazing childhood. I'm the only child. So I had a lot of friends. Um, I attended a daycare and I grew to have, you know, brothers and sisters there at the daycare, had an amazing childhood. My parents um, both supported me and, you know, whatever I wanted to do. Now, when you went into the, um, uh, through high school, grade school and high school, what kind of activities did you participate in? Yeah, so I was really involved in uh, basketball. I was on varsity uh, basketball as a freshman and um, as a junior as well. And that was my life. Now, were you um, seeking a scholarship or like, were you looking at a secondary education after high school with that? No, I wasn't. I I was actually really interested in computers. My uncle and my my dad were really into computers and that's kind of how I got into computers. Um, I started programming in junior high Mm -hmm. and I was actually able to make applications that automated some certain things and make money through high school. Um, While I was going to high school, I made some apps that were kind of on autopilot that did some things for me and was able to make some money going through. Cause my parents- That's awesome. That's something you're hearing more uh, recently that kids are in high school and in college and they're making career like money because of the technology and the skill set. So your dad was obviously pretty good. Where would your dad work that he brought that experience home? Yeah, so my dad was in more um, uh, air conditioning and refrigeration. So his kind of hobby was computers. And that's kind of how I got into that along with uh, my uncle. 
but um, his background wasn't really computers in a sense. He would kind of run some computers at work, but it was more of a hobby for him. It sounds like a lot of times when it's an influence from one of our parents, that it's something that can take root in their children and yeah. just putting it in front of you was a huge blessing. You probably didn't know it at the time. No, but, no, no. Looking back, it's like it, it was something that grew inside of you. So, right. all right, now you go, uh, you're out of high school. Now, did you go and get a college degree or did you jump into the work world? I did, yeah. So from creating apps in high school, I got really interested in graphic design. So I was playing a lot with Photoshop in the early days of Photoshop. And from there, um, I was actually building websites too in, in high school. So oh, wow. um, I wanted to advance that. And, you know, they say go to school and get a degree. And so that's what I did. Um, and I went to the Art Institute in, in Orange County, California. Oh, okay. So what I want to do here now is, is I want to uh, tie in Chelsea's story and when we can kind of run into how the two of you met. So what was your childhood like, your parents' job, and what, what were you up to? I had a great childhood. I'm the oldest of five kids, so okay. a big family, um, and super active. We were always, my dad um, was born and raised on a ranch in Northern California. We lived in San Diego from, um, I lived in San Diego my whole life um in childhood but we were always going camping always outdoors like surfing my sports were softball and soccer and sort of very active very outdoorsy also art was a huge influence in my childhood happy home um raised in the church and um church every sunday and loved it my mom was on the worship team and my dad served at church and yeah, really, really great childhood. <laughs> now, as far as yourself, did you go on to get a um, secondary education or did you jump into the work world right away? So I, out of necessity, jumped into the work world right away. My dad was still supporting a big family. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I jumped right into the workforce, but um, I kept, I, I kept at the art side of things and design and um, singing was my main main passion um so i kept with that over things so you're a bit of an entertainer so being the oldest <laughs> of five you kind of take on a different role and, so. yeah. yeah and so this is good now how far along in your lives you know because you guys are still young um when did you cross paths so okay <laughs> we're like mid-30s now we it was almost 10 years ago Mm -hmm. I think that we met. <laughs> okay, so short, and, you're shortly after high school, half a dozen years, maybe. And, yeah, yeah. And so do you remember uh, the first time you two saw each other? What what was that like? <laughs> oh, I remember it like a picture. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's actually quite funny. Um, so we met at church um, and it was actually a dress rehearsal for our church's um, Christmas event. Um, it was a 80s rock musical that backstory Ebenezer Scrooge on um, his life and how he got so twisted. Um, it showed the aspect of the spiritual side of things. And so I had one of the lead roles as um, the devil. <laughs> wow, very interesting. And I got to sing like Michael Jackson songs. I mean, it was fun, but we met it was a full dress rehearsal. So I was in like costume and everything. And he was a stage crew yeah. um, helping out with stage crew. <laughs> and when I saw him, it was literally like the movies, like everything stops and he's just highlighted. 
And so right. yeah, <laughs> I was interning at the church at the time, um, like a two-year internship. And I kind of <clears throat> used that excuse and I looked him up on Facebook and I sent him a message. Thank you so much for volunteering. I know how much of a sacrifice it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we started a conversation that way and the rest is history. <laughs> How, how was your side of that, Corey? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're 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 getting messages on Facebook from the devil. I know, right? What's going on? You know? Yeah, I man, I it's it's funny. We we um so you know, I'm I'm a guy, I didn't, you know, I didn't really think of kind of what was I was focused on just you know uh the stage crew, the stage hands and and really, I had, you know, we we chatted for maybe a few minutes during that first encounter. But um, Facebook, we had messages going back and forth. And uh, we chatted for a long time before I... He's being <laughs> nice. He's being nice and saying that he was not interested in me I at all whatsoever. I'll be honest. I was, I was not interested. I wasn't interested in anybody. Your mind was somewhere else. You know, you were getting your life yeah, in order I, at that point. I, I really was. I was really digging into myself and really just, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I wasn't, I wasn't interested in anybody. So yeah, I wasn't interested at all. Okay, <laughs> so, now, okay so the two of you meet, and yeah. then how does this begin to progress when you, you do become interested? Yeah, okay. So I, when we met, I was super happy being single. I had finally found myself. I had found my zone, and I was just rocking it at life. And um, and then he comes into the picture, and I can't get him out of my mind. And it was driving me crazy. And I, like I was so mad at God. I was like, God, I finally am so happy. What the heck? So we talked. I I was just like kind of determined and every day we would communicate over facebook or text for six months until he finally asked me out on a date <laughs> oh wow persistence yeah. works that's <laughs> great now okay so you guys are i mean this is exciting because you can see the love you have for the two of you a decade later so kind of uh share with me how life begins to unfold and then you get this news of like, I don't know how much more. I mean, you finally get married. Yeah. How long did you date before you got married? Five years. Four or okay. five years. Yeah. So you were getting in with your lives and getting your work together and everything like that. So you decide to get married. And I mean, yeah. nine months, you're not even a calendar. You're still newlywed. So yeah. Um, did any of you experience cancer from family members prior to this? My mom's mom had breast cancer and she okay. passed away. Um, and so, but I wasn't really involved in her life. Unfortunately, there weren't. Okay. Yeah. I had some cancer in, in, in the family. Um, I kind of didn't discover it until when I was going through cancer and, and after cancer, um, it was kind of, you know, kept more personal, um, for some folks, but, um, and then my grandpa had some, some skin cancer cause he was a longshoreman in, in mm -hmm. Long Beach. But other than that, I didn't, you know, we didn't really have cancer in the family. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. So I, I like asking this question. I want Chelsea's response to this too. Um, what was your initial feelings when you were told you had cancer? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of back up and, and kind of 
tell how it happened. So okay. um, in August of 2018, um, I was swelling and I thought the swelling, so my head, neck and shoulders were swelling. And it, over the course of a week, it pro progressively got worse. Um, I thought it was allergies. I thought it was maybe something I ate. I really didn't know what, what it was. And so from, from Monday to Friday, I lost my jawline. You couldn't see my jawline at all. Like oh, I looked like I was sticking steroids or something. Like you couldn't mm -hmm. even, my neck was just like one piece with my head and um, I didn't know what was going on. So, um, you know, I took, you know, we're pretty holistic. We don't take medicine or anything like that. And I was like, you know what, maybe like an antihistamine or something like that. Maybe I brushed up or ate something. Let me just try and take one of those and see if that calms it down. Well, it didn't. We get to Friday and I'm, I'm trying to put on my shoes and I'm near blacking out uh, from just like bending over, putting my shoes on. And so we go Saturday to the emergency room and because it's not getting any better. And I'm like, let's just go and, and get it checked out. Let's just see what it is. Worst case, they say it's nothing, you know. And so they ran a bunch of blood tests. They thought it was strep throat. Um, blood test came back, nothing in the blood. Blood was perfect. And um, they said, you know what, let's just do like a quick x-ray of the chest and see like what's going on. And so they did the x-ray and the x-ray came back and they said, oh my gosh, you have something in your chest. You need to go to um, Sharp Memorial right now and get it checked out. Like, do not go home. Do not ignore this. This is um, really serious. And this is not something you want to just go home and kind of brush off. So now were you in pain or were you just in discomfort? No discomfort. Like just my head, neck and sh shoulders were, were completely swollen. Was it um, hot? Did you feel hot or? Um, no, I wasn't hot. Okay. It was just like Did whenever I was. Sweats? I, yeah, I was, I was sweating, um, at during the night for, okay. for a few months and I, yeah. you know, I thought it was normal, you know? Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was metastasizing. That, uh, that's how that goes. So now you yeah. go to the hospital, what happens? Yeah. So we go to the hospital and we're in the emergency room for like eight hours or something crazy. And, um, they're like, we need to do like a CT scan on your chest. And so they did a CT scan and they said, uh, you definitely have something in your chest blocking. So the tumor was the size of a football was wrapped around. So you have two main arteries that go up to your head. You have one that brings blood up to the head and the other one back down. So SVC is back down and the tumor was wrapped around like a hand around my SVC. So the blood coming back down was being pulled all up in my, in my upper neck shoulders area. So the blood couldn't come back through. And they said, you know, I kind of was joking with Charles before all this, I was like, I oh, will be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll be going home today, you know? And so we come back and they're like, you're not going home. We're admitting you right now into the hospital. And, and this is, this is really serious. So you're, you're stage four beyond with that size of a tumor. That's, yeah. Cancer's crazy like that, where it doesn't really reveal itself until it's in that too late right. type situation. Right. So you're staying over, Chelsea, you're going home. Um, what's going on with you now? What, what are your feelings about all this? Yeah. So, I mean, it's surreal. 
like, to be honest, it felt like I was in a dream um, because this is not something you ever expect to just walk through in your life. Um, especially when it is the love of your life that you finally found and finally got to marry after years and years, you know, in your twenties looking and, you know, and it's like, you finally found like your person. And now there's this death sentence that's being thrown. So I'm so grateful for my faith in um, my relationship with Jesus and everything that I have learned under the leadership in church, because in that moment, something just activated in me. And I was like, no, like, no, we, we've been taught more that, you know, we lift our faith in, in moments like this and we believe, and we start declaring the word of God. And, and so there was that fear. I was in constant battle with fear and there's these thoughts coming in. Like, what would life look like if I was widowed? Like, what would I do? Like, I mean, I'm, I, it was a constant battlefield in my head. Um, but ultimately like, I would never let him see that. Um, and it was just, I just felt like it was time. It was like, all right, it's go time. Like this is where the rubber hits the road here. Yeah. Now you're in the hospital, you're staying ever. So I'm sure the tests get extensive. You probably get like a full MRI. They're checking your whole body now. Yeah. So they did uh, a, a PET CT scan. Um, so they put radioactive sugar in your body and you basically light up on the screen and that kind of reveals what the cancer because cancer eats sugar so um the cancer lit up and so um they actually there was they were supposed to go through and do a biopsy through my lung and they're like we don't really want to do that because your lung could collapse and i'm like that would be great let's not do that and so um i actually went through my sternum uh so they put me to sleep and I uh, went through my sternum and the biopsy came back and you used dinal B-cell lymphoma, which is a fast growing tumor um, that grew in about four to five months, my doctor said. Wow. Yeah. No, no change in your diet. It's just the cancer <clears throat> just decided to uh, start working on your flesh yeah. and, and coming after you. So um, how, where was your mindset then hearing what Chelsea was going through? Um, yeah. what were you, I mean, you obviously have to address this right away. Is this an operation that you're going to go through? Or are they just going to give you like IV or like what methods were they planning on treating you? Yeah. So, um, our options were chemotherapy and radiation. Um, and that was really heavily, um, uh, recommended by our oncologist. So, um, surgery wasn't really an option because of where it was in my chest. They would have had to cut me open, open the rib cage and, you know, sift through all that and then cut it out. Um, and chemo would have still been needed, uh, through all that as well. Um, but when my doctor came back into the room and gave us the news, um, I just had this like Holy spirit fire in me that lit up inside of me. And I was just like, like she came in and dropped the news and, you know, when the doctor comes in, we had some friends and family there too in the room with us when she came in and I sat up like out of my chair, out of or chair, um, my, my bed. <laughs> and I said, you watch my God do a miracle. Like I said, I respect you as a doctor. I respect your opinion and your training and your background. Um, but you watch my God do a miracle. He's going to do it through us. And 
it's gonna happen and her jaw like hit the floor like we actually have like a picture of it her jaw was just like one of our friends awesome. was like I have to do <laughs> well, I mean, you know that the, what people don't understand and as strong as your spirit is the two of you um when you bring uh, your word to life and you speak it that's when your god said is most powerful and yeah. also when you're at your weakest so you know your proclamation in that moment was just it was perfect that yeah was, that was exactly what your god wanted you to do exactly and I, I felt that just like roaring on the inside of me where i just needed to 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 say that because that's what i felt on the inside yeah. and i wanted i wanted um I know I've seen Jesus heal. I've seen, we've seen it in our church uh, at Awaken in San Diego. We've seen blind people heal right in front of us. We've seen knees and um, spine and all, you know, all these issues being healed in our, in our church. And um, I knew that was for me. So I wanted to, to capture that, to reach out and grab onto my healing, you know, and just, um, with the authority that we have, you know, because it said that it says in the Bible that we have, we will, we will do greater works than what Jesus did here on earth. And healing is for us today. Healing is for now. Healing is, is for everyone. And miracles do happen today. They, they still happen. We see them regularly. Oh yeah. You, know, you just gotta, you just gotta be out there looking for them. It was your turn in line after all of it what was. you had witnessed. It was like, okay, it's my turn to step up yeah. and, and so now we're going to go through the process of you start treatment, I'm assuming immediately. Right. Now, how has this progressed? Like, how long do you go through the treatments and some of the swelling in your neck and so forth begin to right. subside and you start to, to, to come back? How's the healing proceed? So to like preface the treatment a little bit. So at the, when we were admitted, we spent five days before treatment, just praying and, and believing for a miracle. We had pastors coming in, friends coming in, praying and just declaring the word of God and all of this to the point where like the doctors were sending in their chaplain and their managers to like counsel us. And we're like, no, we're believing for it. We just didn't feel released yet. And then it came, it was like five or six days and um, yeah. they were like, okay, like this is the last day, like you have to decide. And so we're like, okay, this is very serious because we haven't seen the physical immediate miracle right now yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so we we prayed and we're like, okay, God, like this is this is this is the deal. Like we need confirmation. So yeah. we ask God, send us three very trusted um leaders in our life that advise us to come in and unsolicited give us advice to move forward with the chemo and we will wow. um we're like within this has to happen in the next 12 hours like yeah overnight pretty much yeah. and and so we're like all right the, if we get our answer in the confirmation if we feel released we'll do it um sure enough the next 12 hours we had exactly three people yeah. um two were pastors one was a good friend who was a had a doctor on the phone with him and we got yeah. the confirmation we needed so that next day we um did sign the papers we did like sperm banking and then um they took him back to get the chest port installed so yeah wow that the chest so now that that had to have been quite a, a scary time from the standpoint that they're telling you you could have a stroke in a week yeah you know, five, five days later you're operating under 48 hours it's like jesus the miracle time is now it literally is it, it's god, like god is an 11th hour god like every time and um it's it's incredible like we so i had we did this the sperm banking had the chest port put in and then immediately uh i think it was like an hour or two after the port was put in 
I started chemo because that was a Friday and they don't administer chemo over the weekend. I would have to wait until Monday. Oh, no. So I was under the gun. Oh, like, yeah. Bro, you got to get in and get your chemo started. Oh, yeah. Or you could have a stroke, you know? If you are listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner. From East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not to the dirty South straight, make a left body body. Contact us. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. How does this does this take uh, hold? The chemo begins to work like almost immediately. So his chemo regimen um, at the beginning of the whole process, the doctor, um, his protocol would be eight rounds of chemo. Each round was six days, 24 seven chemo drips. Um, they wouldn't even give him five minutes in between bags. Um, it was like immediate changing. So 24 yeah. seven for six straight days being in, uh, pumped into his chest port. So it was very intense. Um, oh, and man. within yeah. the first hour, um, within the first two hours of his first bag, he went into Rigers and started convulsing and shaking. He couldn't talk. He was like locked up. Yeah. Um, thankfully we had two friends there with us who were just like prayer warriors and we're just praying and speaking life. And when he came out of it, it's, it's just, I don't know what I would have done if that had happened. And yeah. I, it was just me and him in the room. I'm so grateful that God had brought those people in for us. Yeah. So the, the raggers is you just, you just shake like Controls. this and yeah. uncontrollably, like you can't even, yeah. I had zero control over my body. And I thought, um, I thought the shaking, it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced. You can go into the sweats with that too, or yeah. get extremely cold. Yeah. Yeah, I would have all of that. And I, I I felt like the shaking went on for like a half an hour to an hour, but I think it was only it was like, like five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. But it's it was the, it was the worst five minutes of yeah. my life. You know, well, you're just it's kind of like being on that coaster ride and it's like, yeah. is this gonna come off the tracks or am I gonna stay on here? Right. Yeah, the fear is that it, it's peak yeah. at that point. So <laughs> How long do you go through this? So 24 seven, you're, you're on this, what did you say it was eight days um, or eight days. treatments, six days. Yeah. So six days later, how, how are you beginning to roll out of this? Yeah. So after the raggers, they noticed that my, so that the raggers was caused because of um, one of the chemo drugs, but then I think it was that same week where I had um, heart issues. I had eight. It was that day. night. So it was a crazy like first round. So the rigors happened. And then that night at 3 a.m., he went into AFib. And um, all of a sudden I was sleeping on the, I never left his side the whole time we were in the hospital. I was with him um, yeah. and I would sleep on the bench they had there. And um, I, I quit my job to become his full-time caregiver um, so that he was never alone. Um, so it was like 3 a.m. I woke up to him, him going, pray, 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 yeah. because his heart rate was going to like 220 to 120 to 210 to yeah. 140 to like, I mean, constantly like up and down yeah. and up and down. And um, the nurses were like flooding in, like one of the nurses was so sweet. She sat with me and prayed with me. And, and then, um, right after that, they took him up to the heart floor, um, out of oncology up to the heart floor and monitored him there for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, after that, they got him on the right, um, the right 
protocol, whatever drugs to get his heart back down um, and brought us back down to oncology. Pretty much the doctor said that that was happening because the tumor was shrinking and the blood was finally flowing again. And the heart was like, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) So, so it was really intense. So yeah. So the rest of that round was as, as can be expected. Um, he was doing regular laps and getting his steps in. So his, did you um, have to go back out for the heart again, or was that the only time? I was up in the heart floor, I think for like a week. 24 hours. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, you get fogged. I mean, when you get that sick, your, your delusion was hard to have the, um, the, the consciousness and the the clarity of your thinking. You're just, you're somewhere else really. Right. Right. And there's much uh, chemo as you had pumped into you. That's even, you know, more easily understood. Yeah. So this goes on for then how long until you don't have to take it 24 seven. So it's the chemo's um, one. So six days of solid chemo and then two weeks at home. Yeah. And then we come back, be admitted again for another six days of chemo, then two weeks at home. Yeah. Um, and then um, like three weeks into the chemo, the doctor wanted to do another scan, like the mid cycle scan, just to see where everything was at. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go from there. So, um, so right before the scan, um, you know, we were believing that the cancer was completely gone and, um, just because it's, you know, I mean, you're going through so much chemo and and we were still believing for that miracle. Like, even though it didn't happen that first week, we were still believing it was going to happen. Um, and that there was a future ahead for us and not, you know, this will not end in death as it says in the Bible, um, but for the glory of God. And so we went to church uh, the weekend before the mid-cycle scan. I was on for worship yeah. that week. And so I was I was leading uh, worship with the team. And he said he yeah. walked in and it was super hot. Yeah. So I was I was super hot. I was as soon as I stepped into the the sanctuary, I I was sweating. And um you know, pitting out and <laughs> which is not normal. Which is he not was normal. Cold all the time. Yeah, he cold. Just you know, from the chemo and walking in, I just felt like the presence of God, um, just like touching me, just like around me, hovering. Me. Like um, my body felt like it was. It was. It was. I was definitely warm. Um, I didn't have like this on fire feeling, but. Um, yeah, so I, I just knew God was at work. I knew God was doing something. And um, it was the first time I was able to go like back into church because um, the way the rounds lined up and I had enough energy and, and um, my immune system was strong enough to go in. So I was wearing a mask before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we get into worship. And then after worship, uh, Chelsea's already up on stage um, leading worship. And um, my pastor, Pastor John Heinrichs, pulls me up on stage and he's like, hey, I just want to um, pull Corey up on on stage and I want to pray for him. And um, and so I'm up on stage, you know, and, and we're kind of brought together and the whole church is just going at it. My pastor's praying for me. Everyone in the whole church has got their hands stretched out and I'm still feeling like warm, cooling sensation like all throughout my body but more specifically on my chest. And I knew God was just 
was just doing a miracle. It was like you just knew that it, something was happening. Yeah. Again. Like it was like, okay, this is like the moment because it was yeah. just different and you can just feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, prior to that, I asked my doctor, I said, hey, is there any chance that like we could get like another another scan? Because I had had like, I don't know, six or seven, you know, CT scans. A lot of radiation. Um, <laughs> so I had a lot of radiation and, you know, they don't, you only do so much radiation, you know, and you're changing colors and weight and everything, like all kinds of silly stuff's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, um, I was like, is there any chance like we could, we could do like another CT scan? And she's like, well, let me look into it. And so Sunday came, get prayed over. And so she's like, Hey, we can do like another CT scan. And, and I pretty much told her, I said, I'm healed. Like this tumor is like gone. Like, it's it's done she's like we'll see and she was like okay crazy like yeah she's thinking you had too much game and he's still right yeah yeah Yeah. okay this is good so we get back and um i think it was that following monday or a week uh monday after that after that church service and um and we go and get the ct scan i think the results came back like that week or something like that And so we go in for the results. She like wants to meet with us. And she's like, I think you're, you're, she shows us, you know, the, the, the scan. And I don't know what I'm looking at. She's scrolling through and the things are changing on the screen. And, and she's like, you see this right here? She's like, there's, I think your cancer's gone. There's, there's nothing. There was nothing in my chest. No evidence. No evidence yeah. at all. Yeah. She, and so, she, she might have thought she had the wrong scan it was kind of like wait a minute it was just there a minute ago right well it's yeah. crazy because she had actually taken our case to the board of oncologists at the hospital because one first because we were so resistant to do the chemo right away <laughs> so yeah. we were like the she crazy was, couple. she was scared and then she took this to the the board again because the cancer was gone which was not expected she was expecting to do eight rounds plus radiation after um and then here we are three rounds in and it's completely gone it's completely gone so when did how long did that last beginning to end from treatment started until the tumor's gone yeah so i three rounds yeah so three rounds and and god told me that i would be uh in the first round um after we pretty much signed up for chemo that I would be healed by the third round. God was very clear. And he said, you're going to be healed by the third round. So this was inside of a calendar year then. Yeah. So August was the diagnosis. August to December is when I did the chemo treatments, six rounds. Because um, after the mid-cycle scan, the doctor still wanted to do three more just as a precaution. Um, We still had to walk through the next three, but it wasn't a full eight. It was six now. So that alone is huge. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now you become cancer free. And <laughs> how did they begin monitoring you after they decide your chemo is over? Yeah, so I, I continued to do, I think I had two CT scans, um, two or three after. after you had one, a CT scan every year. six months. Yeah. Um, so the first one was December um, was the final one when she was like, you're good. No more rounds. Um, I mean, those last three chemo rounds were pretty much walking through hell. Like it was really hard what it does yeah. to your body. And, was, yeah. um, so we really had to partner with like our holistic practitioners, a naturopath and chiropractor in between rounds. He would do the hyperbaric chamber and get um, mineral and vitamin IVs um, that extremely helped with yeah. the side effects really of it all. Um, was that the uh, vitamin C? 
yeah. vitamin C, uh, alpha lipoic acid. Uh, there was a Myers cocktail and um, magnesium. It was I did I did magnesium and the vitamin C. I've heard do wonders. It does. really really it does. Uh, yeah. do a lot. It detoxes you as well. It so. was to the point where, as intense as the chemo was and everything he went through, he never got nauseous once or threw up one time. My goodness, um, that's amazing. Our prayers were very specific, right? And like that's that's. Um, one thing that the the Bible says is really clear. It says, um, you know, be specific in your ask, write the vision, make it plain. So we were very specific in how we prayed. My wife was amazing through all this. I couldn't have done it without her. Um, she was a prayer warrior. She prayed over me. She sung over me, worshiped. Um, all that was, was really incredible. Um, and really the specific prayers was we prayed over pr protection over my DNA because chemo um, radiation can really alter and change your DNA. Um, we prayed over nausea, any, all the side effects, right? They give you a book like this big of, hey, this is what could go wrong when you go through chemo. And we were like, nope, we didn't even read any of that. I, I, re my, I read it she, all, she I didn't did let that. him. Oh, I didn't read any, but, um, <laughs> You know, we were we were very specific in our prayers, um, praying daily, taking communion. Um, you know, we had prayer warriors come in and out from our church, uh, our family come through. Um, we we're, were really surrounded by an amazing church community, Awaken Church in San Diego. I, I, I want to go ahead and finish because I have a question how you wound up in Tennessee after all of this. Uh, so like the only side effects he did experience was uh, the bone pain from um, the shots for white blood cells. Yeah. Um, and hair then loss. neuropathy was really bad, hair loss and mouth sores. And if those are the only side effects, then yeah, but no know. nausea, no, <laughs> no vomiting, none of that. Like, um, I was doing amazing. 40 laps around the oncology ward. Um, you know, it was my goal to, cause you know, you're in bed you're, and your muscles atrophy. Oh yeah. If you don't take care of your muscles, like I was already, I already lost 20 pounds from the chemo. So it was important for me to move my body and to so i had a goal on the whiteboard we kept track of everything we kept track on the you know it was the nurse's whiteboard like hey this is your nurse yeah. for today yeah. we took over that we whole board. i was gonna say you took over the board we, we took over we had scripture on it we had um <laughs> i was writing my laps how many i was doing a day how much water i was drinking i was trying to hit you know half my body yeah, yeah. uh in ounces of water each day because you know you got that stuff so we took over that board and the nurses knew like they had their own little space this week <laughs> They eventually or they should have got a new board yeah yeah they were violating so. your space yeah mm -hmm. if you have a story to share tell us how are you going to leave your mark, leave your mark. contact us leave your mark with our host vince cortez be our guest this is amazing so now this this whole thing obviously you're not going to be the same individually <clears throat> no. or as a couple so I, I, I it leads to the question, how do you wind up in Tennessee after all of this? This isn't that long ago. And how yeah. long have you been in Tennessee for? A year and a half. What did God do that took you to Tennessee? Yeah. So, um, you know, you end chemo, you, you get on a, the protocol for just six month scans and you're pretty much just kind of dumped back into life. And it's like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, his job was done until he healed. Yeah. So. 
Right. Uh, is this when Victor's path comes exactly. to, into the fore? Yeah. So, you know, during cancer, I will, I remember a prayer he prayed so vividly. He prayed, God, if you heal me, I will give my life to you and do whatever you ask me to do. I will never forget that moment. And um, so after the cancer, um, the chemo journey, um, God really put it on our hearts to use what we have learned mm-hmm. and um, our experiences to help others who are in our position. Because when we got the diagnosis, I had no idea where to start because I mean, I was really in charge of gaining the knowledge and knowing what to do. Cause he was rightly so unable to do research and do all the things. And so my heart is very much for caregivers and his heart is for the patients. And so we've like teamed up and joined like as like a couple and as like our, both of our roles in that season to really partner with other people. So now um, one of our passion is to just coach people who are going through that season and just help them in all areas. Um, We focus on three areas, which is faith, strengthening your faith, strengthening your mindset and building a healthy lifestyle. Um, And so those areas, we fully believe that um, you can have victory over those areas and hence the name Victor's Path. So we came up with that because after the fact, um, cancer survivor never suck well with us it really kind of was like well that's kind of like I don't know not not a victorious mindset you know it's like you just went through a life-changing experience you have victory over cancer you're not just a survivor it's not like you went through a roller coaster got a t-shirt after it right like you're a victor over cancer Mm -hmm. and so we realized you know even if you don't have a cancer-free um the cancer-free card yet, you know, you can still be victorious Mm -hmm. over areas of your life. And, and so we are just so passionate about Mm -hmm. leading people through that process and getting them to claim victory Mm -hmm. in their life, um, which leads us to Tennessee. Yeah. So out of that, God gave us a vision. This is our, the big vision for our business. Um, in a few years, um, we want to have a ranch for post-cancer patients to come and mentally and emotionally heal after the facts. And we want to have workshops and um, bring people in to teach everyone how to set vision for their life and how to get purpose mm-hmm. for their life after the fact and really focus on the healing aspect of it afterwards. This is awesome. Because I, I typically ask at the end of these, how would you like to leave your mark? And you're touching on it right there. So um, this is a beautiful story. You guys, your strength is obvious. You can feel it coming through. Uh, it's good to be crazy in the way that you two are crazy. You know, yeah. that's the best kind of crazy. So yeah. I commend you crazy for that. Change the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that being said, I'm, I got to get to you first, Corey, you're going to get your first chance. So how would you like to leave your mark? I heard a little bit from Chelsea. So yeah, I feel so. So I wouldn't wish cancer on anybody, right? Like cancer, it was the single hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Every, it was the worst, you know, uh, experience, but God turned it into good you know, and, and the good is, um, my, I think our goal is to, our goal is we want to see at least a million people reached. We want to reach a million people through, through Victor's path, whether that's someone downloading our free guide or praying over someone or, um, coaching someone through, through mindset or helping someone with, with nutrition. Um, we would 
we would love to see uh, our impact reach a million people. That that's our personal goal. Um, but above all else, like our our goal is to impact people for for the kingdom for Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I would not be here if it weren't for Jesus. So God gets all the glory. God um, healed me. Um, and he's continuing to provide for us and, and really the path that we're on with, with, you know, Victor's path, no pun intended, but, um, he's really given us the vision for that. It's his vision. It's not Mm -hmm. our vision. Um, you know, this is, this is something he's, he's given to us. He's trusted us with, and it's, I feel honored that we get to partner with God and, and do this with him. So, um, yeah, that is that is how I personally want to leave I think my mark. Sad. I'm willing to put everything on the line. My my job, my career that I've been in for 20 years, um, you know, anything. And and really, we were called out to to Tennessee. We when we first got married, we didn't really we weren't really comfortable. California didn't really feel like our home. Uh, we felt to... called to bigger things. Yeah, we felt that inside of us. So, um, so that's what. But it's not here. Yeah. I lived so, in LA for 16 years and um I'm originally from Pittsburgh, but I had traveled, but um I can uh echo your words because California is a very unique place. Yeah. Um when I got there, um I, I I had somebody say this to me because so many people come flocking thinking that they're going there to find something when they're actually running from something. And she said to me, you know, everywhere else is, we're all peas in a pod. Like we're in with our family. She goes, when you come to Los Angeles, it's like a frozen bag of peas. Mm -hmm. And it just resonated with me because just people were looking for that love and that connection that I think you just touched on. And when you are as connected as the two of you are and your living example is two of you are, that can be a really frustrating place. Yeah. So what I want to do, though, is, is I want to wrap this up because I think Chelsea said it with, you know, without me asking and Corey very eloquently put it. And, and you guys are just full of the spirit, your bright and shiny people of the maker of ours. And I want to help you get to a million people. So if you would share with the audience your website address, and then we're going to put this on when we post this interview. So any way that we can do our part to help you out, we want to direct people to you and what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So our website is victorspath.com and you can find everything there. Super easy. You know, we believe that it's victory, not survival. (laughs) And that cancer is not a death sentence and you can have victory. No. You guys are living proof of it. it's awesome too, because of how young you are and how much life you have ahead of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And um, just a heads up too, you can download our free guide. We have a free guide that any cancer patient or a caregiver can download. It's completely free. Um, you just put in your email address so you can go to victorspath.com uh, and click on the free guide at the top. And that'll take you to, um, another page where uh, you can download the free guide. And it really, really focuses on how to, you know, when you're thrown into the cancer battle, uh, it really helps you with mindset, prayer, nutrition. We have a a free uh, recipe in there for um, a smoothie or a juice recipe. Um, 
and really just helping you with your your atmosphere over your situation you know? and steps you can take now mm-hmm. like what are actionable steps you can take now so that is completely free you can find it at victorspath.com thank you for coming by today Thank you for Thank having you us. So this is such an honor. So fun. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. <laughs>